All right, everybody, welcome to episode 12 of High Action. Today we're going to be diving into some guitar pedal discussion, uh, particularly gain stacking, uh, really focusing on gain pedals, which, as these guys know, I've been happily nerding out on this last season. And uh, before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to Heritage Guitars, who just sent me a gorgeous um, 575 arch top. It's really sweet. So check out what Heritage is doing uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Really, really great craftsmanship and great, great team working there. So shout out to Heritage. John and Perry, what's up, guys? Not much. Yeah, just enjoying a little holiday break. Yes, holiday holiday break and pedals, right? Yeah, I kind of think of guitar pedals as like Christmas oh, ornaments. You know, Big time. there's like different colored ones, different shaped ones. It's really fun. You can spend all the money that you uh, want to, you know, write off on your taxes oh, before man. the end of the year on on pedals. Yeah. So it's a good timing for this episode. So Perry, you made a good point before we started, is talking about why do we use pedals? What is what's the point of pedals, right? Um, before there were pedals, there were guitars and amplifiers and a quarter inch cable right right and often if you really cranked an old fender tube amp it might start to break up if it got really loud right Right. back when you had to crank your amps to be heard in a venue now as i'm sure you guys agree i mean what we would call a loud gig today isn't even really loud compared to like maybe like playing a really loud gig in the late 60s where you just had to have these massive amps cranked all the way up. And, um, you know, I we could have talked about all kinds of pedals today, but I wanted to really focus on um, gain stacking pedals. So not no reverb, no modulation, none of that. Just on gain and how gain can be your friend, especially in a band mix, to kind of tighten your guitar frequencies and really make you stick out in a clearer way. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you guys agree when you're playing, you know, a hollow body and arch top in a loud setting, it can get a little muddy and it can get a little lost sometimes. That's would right. You, would you, what do you think, John? You ever encounter that? For sure. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I mean, there are so many ways now to kind of solve certain issues. And I agree, man, a lot of it has to do with volume because at various volumes, at various speaker sizes, I mean, of course, albeit stylistically the music we're playing, but we have all these issues, you know, we have these things that we face and yeah, it's been like the, I'd say the past decade Mm -hmm. or so I've explored more about gain and more about kind of where that fits in my signal chain because there's mm-hmm. some of the some of the touring gigs that I've done have gotten louder and we've played bigger venues and I you right away realize that at a certain point you want to have a little bit of extra help even if you're trying to get kind of a generally mm-hmm. clean sound which for me I'm getting a clean tone a lot of the time but um but yeah that, for sure yeah. there's some really great so Perry, what's, uh, types what's of pedals one overdrive out there now? pedal that's right, really right, been Will? significant to you whether it's in New West or whether it's in other settings, what would you say? Definitely the Ibanez Tube Screamer, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I hope that still counts as an overdrive pedal, right? It, it is an overdrive yeah. pedal. Well done. Well done, <laughs> sir. I mean, for years, I used to use Tube Screamers, different types of Tube Screamers, um, 
to try to get that kind of compression and gain that I was looking for from uh, my hollow body when I was playing at louder volume. So it's like I've been very aware of that issue of how the hollow body responds mm-hmm. uh, at louder volumes. But also when you're playing like a solid body, I feel like, you know, going back to the question of like why you're using pedals, you want the guitar to cut in the mix so you have the right kind of touch on the solid body, you know, mm-hmm. um, so you can play accordingly. But it's also capturing like a sound, you know, and yep. a tone. And like if you're trying to cover anything that has that, you know, you kind of you, you need you need to be able to match a sound sometimes on a gig. Absolutely. And what the Tube Screamer does, I mean, I'm sure every guitarist, whether you own one or not, you've probably heard of the Ibanez Tube Screamer. It shelves a lot of the low end and it boosts a lot of the mids. Yeah. Which is kind of just like the perfect guitar mixing pedal, right? What I will say is sometimes on humbuckers, which are naturally a little more full and compressed sounding, it gets a little wooly on humbuckers. Mm. I think the Tube Screamer and the Stratocaster kind of go together perfectly. Right. Um, No surprise that today I have my Stratocaster and there's also a Tube Screamer over there. Um, But, you know, I just wanted to share some tips and tricks that I've learned thus far um, diving into to gain stacking pedals because back back in the day I had no interest in stacking gain pedals I was like no 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 no. I just want to get my sound with this button and what that does is you can't get the same type of complex saturation that you'd get in different overdrive pedals feeding into each other with different settings so let's talk about the first stage of gain which is simply plugging into your amplifier right So I'm running into what would be similar to like a Fender Deluxe Reverb type sound. I'm using my Strymon Iridium. Wonderful, wonderful um, holiday present if any uh, moms of guitarists are listening. Get get your guitar player Strymon Iridium. If there's any moms listening, send one my way, please. (laughs) Hey! Um... No comment. Okay, I so meant, I meant the pedal, not the person. <clears throat> oh, okay, okay. You sick. <laughs> <laughs> the pedal, not the person. So, one thing I've learned is let's just talk about some different types of overdrive pedals. There's amp type overdrive pedals. Um, one example, one my first gain stage that I'd be using today would be the uh, Rocket. 45 caliber which is based on a marshall jcm 45 amplifier so what that is is it's uh, built to simulate what a marshall amplifier broken up would be so here's my fender deluxe reverb sound now if i turn on my first pedal which is kind of putting it in more of a marshall type sonic zone It's not screaming or anything, but it's just a little more dirty, but still fairly clean. And I've definitely, you know, with a Stratocaster, I always kind of roll off the bass and maybe a little bit of the treble and turn up the gain a hair because these guitars are inherently pretty bright. But that's not really dirty, it's just a little more saturated. And I think that, you know, John, like you were saying, you know, using clean tone 
sometimes clean doesn't necessarily mean clean. Mm -hmm. It just means very low gain, as opposed to turn it off. Right. I mean, that's very clean. Right. You can hear those high mids kind of bump up. When you send more signal, you also get way more saturation. Yeah. yeah, and of course, I mean, a huge part of, you know, if we talk about stacking gain is utilizing your volume on tone your, knob, on your, guitar, your volume yeah. knob on the guitar. 100%. You know? Yes. So here, here's my pickup wide open, my neck pickup. You know, there's some hair on that. If I turn it down three notches, you get a lot more dynamic range that way. So, you know... And if I dig in, so, you know, adding gain into your signal can actually really increase your dynamic range. Um, now, actually, a fun side note, I don't even have a compressor on right now. Um, so let's hear what this sounds like. And by the way, you guys know where the compressor, you know, 99% of the time usually goes in your signal chain? At the, at the front. At the front, right? It's kind of the first thing because if you put a compressor after overdrive, it's going to squash all the dynamic range of that overdrive. Yeah. If you put it before, it's going to control all the signal that you feed into your overdrive, which will make the overdrive a little balanced, a little more balanced. Right. So I've still got my Marshall, uh, quote unquote, JCM45 on. If I hit a compressor in front of that, here's on, here's off, on. It's very subtle, right? I mean, that feels a little more even. And again, you know, I'm using quote-unquote overdrive, but I, it, you can still play harmony, complex harmony, as opposed to no overdrive, which also sounds good. But if you start getting in a louder situation, you might want a little hair. So another good talking point is <clears throat> how do you gain stack? What goes in front of what? If I put a Tube Screamer after a Marshall style overdrive, the Tube Screamer doesn't have as much headroom. So it's going to compress and kind of cave in more. And I've learned that the hard way by trying it on gigs. I tried putting a Dumble style overdrive into a Tube Screamer. And I was like, where did all my signal go? I'm supposed to have more. I literally have less now. If you put the Tube Screamer into an amp type overdrive, that's usually going to yield better results because it, think about it. Would you put your Deluxe Reverb into a Tube Screamer? Or would you put your Tube Screamer into a Deluxe Reverb, right? So if I feed my um, trusty Ibanez TS9, which is uh, the kind of second generation of Tube Screamers from the early mid 80s. Right, so you immediately heard some low end go away, you heard the mids get boosted. Now that's kind of getting out of like harmonic clarity territory and into more single note, you know. If 
I mess around with some of the different pickups on, on this Strat, if I go to the middle pickup, which I really like. It kind of thins out the sound even more. And again, if you're... Sometimes I'm in these situations where I really have to just cut through a very loud mix. These kinds of things make all the difference. If I was playing humbuckers into a distortion pedal, I mean, and trust me, I've done that too, and it, it's um, it's god-awful, at least in my opinion. Um, so that would be two gain stages, right? I've got, you know, the amplifier, the Fender-type amplifier. The first gain stage would be my um, 45 caliber pedal, like a Marshall-type pedal, and into that, I'm feeding a Tube Screamer. feels good to play some blues in E. And again, I can roll off the volume. And again, if I turn down the volume a little bit, it kind of cleans up. Now, the next type of uh, gain, gain staging is something that I didn't mess around for a really long time. I didn't mess around with this. It, this is fuzz. And fuzz has this funny synonymous term of like, oh, fuzz. Uh, I don't like the sound of fuzz. And I didn't either. So if you feed a fuzz pedal straight into a clean amp, it's usually going to sound pretty horrendous, right? Because you kind of need a lot of gain saturation for you need to put the fuzz into a gainy sound to get that cool kind of compression. So the fuzz pedal that I have is based on a tone bender, which is um, maybe one of the first type of fuzz pedals. You know, the classic fuzz pedals are like tone benders, fuzz face. Um, um, uh, there's a couple others, but a tone bender is a very smooth, really versatile type fuzz. So I'm gonna feed that into my other two gain stages. So this sound is getting very saturated at this point, so. A lot of sustain, right? Let's try this. Let me turn off my other two gain pedals and let's hear what that fuzz sounds like straight into a clean amp. So that's like me putting a fuzz pedal into a deluxe reverb. I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound that sweet. Right. Well, I remember back in the early days in New West, we had a, one of our first members had a Zvex fuzz factory and oh, he yeah. soloed he would he had a telly and he would solo with the fuzz factory right into a car rambler which is a lot like a ducks river and i remember being on the road with him and we talked a lot about it and he was just like yeah i feel like i'm missing something in there and it was interesting because man we that was when new west was first experimenting with um loop pedals and like we had a, everyone had line six dl4s and then mm -hmm. you know yeah and and i was experimenting with a lot of overdrive on my solos on even with my l5 which was pretty fun mm -hmm. um, but yeah the the fuzz pedals definitely something that is a part of the, a signal chain that's that's like a wet signal chain yeah. right will yeah. And um, a good a good talking point is because I've tried both. I've tried putting a tube screamer into a fuzz pedal, 
and a fuzz pedal into a tube screamer. And, you know, a, a general rule of gain stacking is whatever the last pedal in your signal chain is, or should I, maybe I'll put it as whatever pedal is closest to your amp, that's going to color the sound the most. So if, if the fuzz is closer to the amp, it's just going to sound a little more wooly and fuzzy. Whereas if you put the fuzz into a tube screamer, I think that's a great sound because you've got all, you've got that nice EQ zone of the tube screamer and you're pushing it with this really nice sustained fuzz. Fuzz has this interesting, almost like oscillating thing. If you just play it, right. a lot of overtones, right? And the thing about fuzz is, if I turn, if I turn the the over the distortion of it or the fuzz knob all the way to zero still pretty fuzzy it's not like if you turn the gain of a tube screamer all the way down you lose a lot of gain but on a fuzz it's kind of if you start at zero and inch it up so it's at zero right now so let me turn it up to one fourth it's a little more saturated but there's actually not that much of a difference because there's so much compression of the gain happening that you, you know, if you gain stack too much, you kind of lose any variation in dynamics and it just kind of stays in this mushy bubble. So now let me turn the fuzz to half. Kind of smooths it out. And then, so now you're hearing all that transient gain noise cranking up. Eric Johnson territory and uh, let's just max out the game because this is the overdrive thing so all the way up <laughs> so that's a little messy so I think a general rule for gain stacking is start at zero and inch up rather than start at 10 you know start at the highest level and go down start at zero and just inch up and i mean each level of this gain stage that's the first level second level last level and I, you know it should it should be musical it should i mean i think what gain does for guitars is it allows you to really craft a voice on your instrument mm -hmm. right as opposed to just creating a wall of noise um, Perry, maybe we could talk about your board and just go through your signal chain and just kind of sure. get into it a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll share uh, a picture of my board that I have mm -hmm. up here. And those of you that are viewing the episode on uh, our YouTube or on our Patreon, first of all, thank you so much for subscribing. And you also get to see this image here. Um, but yeah, this is a little photo of sort nice. of my main working board here. And there's been a lot of different uh, iterations of my pedal boards over the years. But this, this one works pretty well for me. Um, so kind of similar to what Will was talking about in terms of uh, gain staging. Uh, I'm obviously mm -hmm. starting with my compressor pedal, 
which I try to dial in to just give me like a little bit of a boost essentially mm-hmm. uh, when I need to either tighten up the low end on my hollow body or if I'm playing solid body and I want to just have a little bit more volume. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to be careful with the compressor pedal because I feel like sometimes it can suck out the tone. And I, I feel like that's, you know, just... A dab will do you. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's very subtle in the way you have to balance it. So I'll play a little bit of it here. So here's um, without the compression pedal at all. And then if I throw that compression on, you can hear right away the low end's not really as thick. And sometimes that's really all I'm going for. Um, and then from there, I've got my uh, Tube Screamer Mini. Definitely a big fan of the mini pedals. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think? Do they sound as good? I think okay. they, I think they do, right? I think they're happy totally... to dive into this. I don't think the TS Mini sounds as good as the bigger Tube Screamers. And I have painstakingly <laughs> it's gone over this it's stuff. It's pretty freaking close, though. I mean, it's, I have it's both. It's close. It's close. Yeah, um, it is close. And I think the TS Mini is totally solid, but I don't think it sounds as good. Yeah. But then again, yeah. every every single Tube Screamer is a little different. So it, a Tube Screamer is a Tube Screamer. That's the end of the Here's discussion. my Tube Screamer. I usually dial the tone a little brighter on it and the volume a little higher as well and uh, obviously throw up the gain. So here it is. Is your compressor on? What's that? Is your compressor on? Compressor is also on, yeah. So A, B that. Tube Screamer on the whole time, once with the compressor off. off. I mean, sometimes I think you can get all the compression you really need from the Tube Screamer, especially when I'm playing the solid body, which I think is is a more compressed sound than the box. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily always use that compressor. If I'm just Mm -hmm. playing like a lead line on a gig, I might just tap in the Tube Screamer, you know? And so the other pedal in my chain, uh, just going through this, is a fun one that I've used called the TC Electronic Subbing Up. Uh, it's sort of just like an X factor pedal when I want to make the guitar sound like an organ and, and take sort of like a, um, you know, just a, a solo that Put kind of else. has like a different sound for me that it can be effective mm-hmm. in performance. So here's how this one sounds. It's fun. I really recommend this pedal for subbing up. Like, it actually, you can like play chords that sound halfway decent. Like, that nice digital tracking. You know, and that's kind of fun. And then um, I've got the TC Hall of Fame on there. Uh, which is a great reverb pedal. Definitely recommend. Now, after you're subbing up, you're going into your volume pedal, no? Oh, yeah. I forgot my little Dunlap Volume X. Yeah, John, yeah. you hit me to this uh, volume pedal because for years we've used volume pedals in New West, and it's always been 
like a crucial pedal to have from mm -hmm. pretty much like day one. Um, so yeah, this is a pretty, you know, pretty reliable volume pedal, I have to say, you know. Um, Let me insert this. It is good that you have your volume after your gain, yeah. because your gain will be your gain and you're controlling the, the yeah. overall level. Trouble. Whereas if you put yeah. your volume pedal before your gain, you're actually feeding less into your gain pedal, yeah. meaning your gain would go down if you turn your volume down. Exactly. But after your gain, right. your volume is simply mixing that core gain sound. So Yeah, so yeah, volume pedal after your, your, your gain mm -hmm. pedals. Um, I guess I should... You know, you can have your, your reverb and delay stuff after volume pedal and it doesn't really make a difference. I think you should because similar to what kind of what we were just saying, if your reverb and delay is before your volume, if you turn your volume down, all your entire atmosphere goes away. Right. It's kind of like pressing stop on a CD. Right. Whereas right. if you turn your if you have your volume before that, the, tr the or organic trails of the reverb and delay still happen even if you kill your signal, so. So as you can see, I've got the, the reverb pedal and then the delay pedal. Uh, I'll give you an example of, uh, I usually have my reverb pedal on just kind of where I want it. Um, mm -hmm. So there it is without any delay. And then if I throw my delay pedal in. Kind of like some nice back end delay uh, is sort of usually where I like to mix it in. And then past that, it's not necessarily on the picture here, but sometimes I've got this Line 6 tap tremolo, so a tremolo pedal. This is not my favorite tremolo pedal at all, but uh, it's mm -hmm. the one that I have. <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. I use that. And then in terms of other pedals, I also like the Ditto Looper. That's a cool pedal that you can use. Um, <clears throat> obviously for looping stuff if you want to practice and just do a straight loop but it can also be atmospheric and you, you can loop things that aren't necessarily meant to be in time and that can add a lot to like the atmosphere that you're putting into a band you know but, so after your delay you're going into your tuner into your wah pedal and the wah pedal i brought out for a special treat for this episode <laughs> and <laughs> I, I don't know if i would actually put the wah pedal Actually, yeah, mm -hmm. after now but, thinking about it, the wah should be after all your gain staging stuff anyway. You, you wouldn't want that before it. Um, but I don't well, know if you'd want you it after... just try both and see what you like. Yeah, actually, I think you would want it after everything. Um, yeah, well, what that would do is that's wahing everything, including the delay and reverb. Yeah, right? which is the idea, So it's right? kind of filtering. And, and again, are there any right or wrong ways to do any of this? There's certainly opinions that we all have, but yeah. if you try it before the delay and reverb, you're just wahing your overdrive, and the delay and reverb are just doing what they do, whereas yeah. you're actually filtering your delay and reverb with the wah after, which is kind of cool too, you know? I mean, I guess that's not ideal, um, but in terms of setting up the board, like mm -hmm. I'm just I'm not going to rearrange it for a wah part. But let's see how it sounds. It'll be interesting. I'm not even going to put any delay on, so there's just going to be reverb on this. Because mm -hmm. I don't know if I would mm -hmm. use delay too much when using a wah pedal. I don't know yep. Yep. how necessary Fair that point. feels, but here we go. <laughs> I use my left foot.
Very nice. Yeah, and that wah gives it a nice tight wah sound because you're filtering the entire board. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that kind of works out. But anyway, yeah, they're just, you know, they're, they're great pedals for like really being a working musician. I feel like it's good to be able to have a wah pedal and delay and, and you know, distortion and all this stuff to, you know, handle yourself on a gig. Everything from a really creative gig to a freaking wedding gig. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just important to have a basic knowledge of this stuff. So. John, what are some some crucial pedals for you? Well, back to your gain staging thing, just to interject, I um I really love the Menatone Blue Collar. Um, it's an overdrive pedal that is got a tone and a presence and a gain, mm. and that presence knob is really great because especially with single coils, I find that that really tweaks the high end. And when I listen back to myself with that pedal with the presence up there, my everything's clear, my articulation's clear, and there's more, there's just more dynamics, you know, which is really a fun thing to explore with these pedals. Um, and it could be a hard thing to practice at your home studio unless you're really getting to the volume that you're gonna play at a yes. live gig. Yes. So a lot of these, a lot of the things I've explored with pedals in recent years have just been on the road, just playing, and like, I'm gonna explore with this and mm-hmm. do that, so I love that pedal. And I also, kind of in the Tube Screamer family, I recently acquired an Earthquaker Devices Plumes, which I mm-hmm. really, really, really like. It's got like three different settings on it for various Tube Screamer the Clipping clones. stage thing, yeah. Yeah, and it also has a, it has a tone knob on on it, well, it's set up just like a like a TS eight oh eight, but or TS nine, excuse me, like a TS nine. Mm-hmm. So I love that pedal. Um, I also like, you know, there's been some amazing um, modulation pedals that have come out in recent years that, that combine reverb and tremolo. The first one was really the Strymon Flint, mm-hmm. and I recently got a Keeley Hydra, which has like a plate reverb and a spring reverb and an eighties, you know, echo reverb um, tape delay kind of reverb sounds. I love that pedal. And um, yeah, I use mini pedals too, mainly when I'm for my travel boards, when I just need a sound. Um, you know, I I have a Pedal Train Nano that I fly with all the time now, and there's a mini MXR carbon copy delay on that. And um, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think the mini pedals sound different than the actual pedals and uh, across the yeah. board. But in in a case like that where I just need a delay, just like a just need a simple delay, then having something like that that just fits on the pedal board is so great. Mm-hmm. And we have, I mean, especially I mean, Perry, I remember back 20 years ago when we met. You know, you think about back then there was one pedal train frame. It was just called the pedal train one. And then there was the pedal train two. Mm. And those line six pedals were huge. Now there's so many cool pedals that are small and the boards have gotten smaller. And, you know, it's really been some awesome advancements in that. So a big shout out to um, pedal train. Um, I'm a big pedal train follower supporter. So those are some of the the things I use. And I have, I have two boards. I have kind of a board that has a little bit more dirt on it. That's got the earthquaker and it's got the menatone. And then I have a board that's more of my travel board that just has delay and reverb and compression and, and more, more clean stuff and no volume pedal on that board Mm -hmm. either. Yeah. I'd say a good, Oh, sorry, Perry, go on. I was just going to say along these lines of what John's saying, Invest in individual pedals if if possible. Absolutely. You know, there's still some cats out there, some holdouts that just like throw out the old GT6 or GT whatever X, put your number in there. And whether you're using mini pedals or full versions of them, they're going to sound way better. I really think so. I mean, 
maybe there's some people that have figured out ways to do it. Um, but in general, I feel like individual pedals always are going to sound better. I think that's a good point. And I think one of the reasons to invest in individual pedals is because you can visually see how you're affecting your sound as opposed to dialing a sound bank. You don't know what's, yeah. you don't, it's not the same experience as, oh, I'm putting my tube screamer into my JCM 45 as opposed right. to my JCM 45 into my tube screamer. Um, I think a good general signal chain, um, I'm kind of going off of similar to your board, Perry, would be tuner first, then compression, then maybe a modulation like chorus or flanger, and then the gain pedals. And I would usually put fuzz first, then a tube screamer, then some type of amp modeling gain pedal, then into my volume, then into delay first, then into reverb. And if I wanted tremolo, I would put tremolo between delay and reverb. Why, and why out of reverb, put, reverb should always be last. Why would you put chorus uh, before your, your gain? Why would you do that? So that's something that me personally, I like the way modulation sounds into overdrive because the overdrive colors the sound a little more as opposed to if I've got my nice saturated overdriven sound and then I just throw this chorus filter on it, it just feels a little uh, washed out and dated. Whereas if I put a little modulation into the overdrive, it's, it's, you sneak it in there a little more. Washed out and like dated, that it. might just be the chorus pedal in general. I don't know. I don't think, <laughs> hey, no, 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 you know, no. Wherever no. you don't, place don't, it. Don't come at me, dude. We're going to talk about modulation pedals. And there is a there is a, a lot of different ways you can use chorus, not just cranking it all the way up and playing yeah. a sus2 chord. There's many <laughs> subtle levels of chorus. Then actually, I think there's a lot of killer <laughs> sounds that you hear that have chorus and you don't even know it. Yeah. So we'll get into that because I really want to do an episode where we talk about modulation pedals and effects, basically everything other than overdrive. Yeah, um, I'm amazed recently, like I'd say in the past, since pandemic home recording, how many people have asked for tracks with chorus. Like it's just becoming mm -hmm. so popular again. It's it's really in vogue. See, well, you know. and getting back to what I said, chorus is in all kinds of things. And you just mm -hmm. don't necessarily know because if you just create a teeny bit of movement before your overdrive, it's just it's kind of like you're just pulling out the map of your sound a little wider. It's not like you're just going full Duran Duran, you know. I mean, so listen to yeah. listen to Matheny. I mean, he's you know he's talked a lot about how he uses just a very small amount of chorus, you know, very interesting. Chorus, I love it. I mean, as a kid that grew up in the '90s, you know, let's just bring it all back. Why not the big cell phones, you know, the baggy pants, chorus pedals. Kurt Cobain used used um oh yeah chorus yeah you know fully like even with his acoustic guitar on mtv unplugged and there's tons of chorus going into that um well i guess it's been 35 minutes you should wrap it up but let's just go through these gain stages one more time right let me Why just <laughs> literally because you can never have too much gain staging in your day so amps amp tone with compressor with my first gain stage Two gain stages. Ooh, yeah. Three gain stages. And that's going to do it for today, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what your favorite overdrive pedals are. If you have to get one overdrive pedal, just get a tube screamer. 
mm-hmm. just get a tube screamer. Yep. If you're going to get two overdrive pedals, get something that has a bass and a treble control on it so that you can really start tweaking your frequencies. That's what I would say. Yeah. And and what do you say, you guys? Maybe we take some pictures of our boards and put them up on Patreon for everybody to check out. Definitely. Yeah. Do that. We can Definitely describe we can a little bit that. about some of our pedals. I mean, hey, tis the season to geek out on gear. Boy. That's right. Tell tis the decade. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much, everyone joining us over on Patreon. We really appreciate that. And uh, following us on Instagram and on YouTube. Uh, this community is really thriving, and you guys are the best. And next week, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions for guitar. So, got got any uh, got any ideas there, Will? John, don't don't let Sell, me know now. Selling pedals, se- selling all the pedals I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect perfect uh, response. That's funny. Yeah. All right, guys, great seeing you. See you on the flip, huh? Yep. Ha, 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 ha.